What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Another Friday mailbag for you. I'm not sure if this will be the last one until the regular season starts. We will have a actually a Saturday mailbag for you every week during the regular season. But next week, next Friday, our scheduled episode right now is the tight end preview. So we're starting position previews because fantasy football season has begun. Welcome, everybody. I am Adam Azer with Dave Richard and a special guest today, Rich Rebar. Apparently, I mispronounced his name the first time he came on. We don't know what I said, but it wasn't Rebar. There's an H at the beginning. Uh, I you know, I'm, I doubt I said Rebar, but welcome, Rich. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> What's going on, uh, Pocket Aces? I don't know if you remember. Yes, yeah, the, so, first yeah. time, uh, the first time I was on, uh, you just found out I existed on the Twitter sphere. So we had a good time with that, but I'm glad that you guys invited me back. I've never got to do anything with Dave uh, either, so this is kind of a fun time. Yeah, sorry that uh, you know they dragged you into being on a podcast with me, but we'll, we'll, we'll make it work somehow. We'll make it work. So Rich is... Uh, is- Analytically inclined, uh, great stats from Rich. He, you can follow him on Twitter at Lord Reebs, R-E-E-B-S, and you can find him on sharpfootballanalysis.com. So I did ask you if there were any players that you were higher or lower on than consensus. Did you want to kick off the show with, uh, with some of the players you like or dislike? Um, I mean, wherever you guys want to lead, if it's a position you want to go with, we could go there. I mean, I am someone that doesn't tend to just glom on to specific players. I prefer more like structural drafting approach, so I kind of a diverse portfolio. But there are players I've drafted more than others, so I don't know what direction you want to take it. I mean, you just want to do we want to start with quarterbacks? Do you want to running backs, wide receiver? I was going to suggest let's go with your third favorite kicker. <laughs> oh, that, that uh, yeah, that that'd be either like Matt Gay or Robbie Gold. Uh, okay. <laughs> how, how about- those are good choices. Yeah. How about Kelsey and tight ends in general? Yeah, tight ends in general. Uh, you know, you look at Kelsey, is he's very interesting this year because like uh, you see a lot of people just hammering the positional leverage point home with Kelsey. He's led the position in scoring in five straight years. Uh, but last season he provided the largest positional leverage he has over his entire career in those five years of pacing the position. 
he outscored the tight end three by the largest margin uh, in terms of percentage points accrued uh, in 30 years of fantasy football. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the PPR tight end was Logan Thomas. Uh, no, not to dunk on Logan Thomas, but it says a lot about what the position was last year. And you know, we had George Kittle get injured. Uh, Zach Ertz flamed in the fourth round. Mark Andrews was caught in that vortex of regression that the Ravens had. Uh, I would anticipate the t- tight end position at the top to be a little closer to the pack this year than it was last year. That doesn't mean I'm down on Kelsey and believe he's a bad pick. Really the only way I think he falters is if he just is outright injured because of how teams apro- approached uh, defending the Chiefs last year. The Chiefs faced two high safeties more than any team in the NFL last year, and that took an already great player in Travis Kelsey and played right into his hands right. uh, You know, uh, of letting him just run rampant in the middle of the field. You look at his game log down the, the stretch of the season, Yeah, I think his last eight games, I think he had seven more catches in, in those uh just really just went went buckshot he had 15 games as a tight end one or higher in terms of fantasy scoring that was the most uh over the past decade a, a tight end has had that in, in a season uh, i don't like i said i don't think he outright busts i think he's definitely worth a first round pick but i do expect the tight end field especially those like tight ends two through six to be closer grouped to him than they were a year ago so where do you come out on kyle pitts because this is somebody that I, I, what I've been saying all offseason and really since he got drafted is there will be at least two people in every draft that are going to want Kyle Pitts on their team because of the upside that he provides. I like viewing him as a wide receiver that we're blessed to have as a tight end in fantasy. And he's got potential to be a huge difference maker this year, and he doesn't need to put up a 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns to do it at the tight end position. Where are you comfortable drafting Kyle Pitts? Yeah, I think his ADP is not far off from where I have it for a lot of the reasons you kind of alluded to. And, you know, obviously this is a team that's going to run a lot of play action because we've seen Mm -hmm. Arthur Smith do that, you know, in Tennessee. We know that's going to happen. And also former tight end coach Arthur Smith is calling the plays as well. Uh, You know, we haven't what we would just one first round tight end or has cleared 200 PPR points in a season that was Keith Jackson back in 1988. I think there's a good shot because we're adding a game to the season this year too as well uh, for a lot of these you know rookie stats that I think that Kyle Pitts is a, a chance to run down. Um, but you look at him, just 57% of his snaps uh, played in Florida came in line. So he, we know he's kind of like he's alluded to. He's going to get a lot of burn split out from the formation. They'll use Hayden Hurst inside a lot. Yep. Uh, and he'll be more of a of a wide receiver kind of component of the offense. And you lose Julio Jones in the trade. You've got Calvin Ridley. Uh, I would expect this team to be trailing a lot in games. The defense is still kind of you know mediocre to subpar. And the, the, I would suggest that Kyle Pitts has a real good chance to run down a lot of those records, especially the one Mike Ditka holds, the only tight, rookie tight end to hit 1,000 yards, uh, him to have really good good shot at it this season okay so then would you how would you rank hawkinson pitts andrews in full PPR, I would I would rank them uh, Pitts, Andrews, and Hawkinson. I I like Hawkinson in full PPR, but I do worry that Hawkinson up until this point will his first the first two years of his career look a lot like Evan Ingram's first two years of his career. I know no one wants to hear that, but they look very <laughs> identical. And I just worry about the Lions' offensive climate. He's going to get targets, and the target share is going to be there. But what is preventing a team from really saying like we need to defend TJ Hawkinson? Like it's it's capable. Like teams are going to be able to do that. And then when you look at this wide receiver unit that's been paired in Detroit with the marriage of Jared Goff. They gave him all guys outside of the the draft selection of Amon Ross St. Brown, all vertical players. 
Tyrell Williams, Rashad Perriman, Khalif Raymond, all these guys they brought in are vertical downfield assets paired with a guy that has nine passing touchdowns outside the red zone the past two years with an offensive wizard in Sean McVay. Uh, so I just believe that NFL teams, if they want to stop TJ Hawkinson, are going to be able to do it. Like, I mean, the target shares to me there, it's a low bar at tight end. Uh, I think he'll be fine, have a safe floor uh, like he had last year. But I don't know if he's going to be the league-winning entity that a lot of people kind of think like this breakout's going to happen. No, I think if, if there's going to be a league-winning tight end outside of the top three, I think Pitts kind of carries that sash more so than Andrews and Hawkinson. But I, I'm with you on the floor for Hawkinson. There aren't a lot of tight ends that you could look at and say, that guy's going to lead his team in targets. But right. Hawkinson's one of them. And he was really close to being like a big breakout last year. Nine or more PPR points in 12 of 16 games. So if he just does a little bit more, and I think he'll get a little bit more of a target share from Goff. I like how Goff played when he leaned on his tight ends, uh, certainly toward the end of 2019 with Higby. But also there were times last year where he did it. His numbers were okay. And if, if a team leans too heavily on defending Hawkinson, it will make it easier, even for the Lions, to connect with St. Brown or Swift or Tyrell Williams, whoever they end up running out there in their passing game. So I'm not certain that we're going to see Hawkinson get double covered a lot. I don't know if teams are necessarily going to think that they need to. And I also right. wonder if Hawkinson can add like a little bit more of a vertical dimension to his game. So I'm I'm bullish on him in PPR, not as much in non or half PPR, but he's my fourth favorite in full PPR, safe floor, and a chance to get you 90 catches over 17 games. All right, moving on here. Uh, we want to tell you that uh, this is pretty much your last chance to vote for us on podcastawards.com. Just go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. Toggle down to the sports category. We've got the link in the to- at the top of the episode description as well. Please nominate us and help us advance to the final round. We have some emails, a lot of Apple Podcast questions, more emails late in the show. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. That is the letter I, fantasy football at cbsi.com. Let's start with this one. And because we have so many, I'm not going to read. I'm, I don't even think I'm going to do the greetings today. I'm just going to do, uh, I'm just going to read the, the crux of the question. Rico thinks we are way too low on Baker Mayfield. He talks about how he finished last year, uh, getting Beckham back. He's removing the three bad weather games, which I think is actually fair. They had a string of really bad weather games in the middle of the year that hurt his numbers. Um, he thinks that uh, Kevin Stefanski's system will be good for him, just like it was for Kirk Cousins. We are too low on Baker Mayfield, Dave. So I, the problem is that are we so low on Mayfield that we should take him as a top 12 or 14 fantasy quarterback? The, if, if you've got a feeling on Mayfield like you might have on you know, Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, Tua Tungavailoa, any of those other quarterbacks that you're going to take late, go ahead and take them late and stash them on your team. But we've seen, and I don't have the data to back it up. Maybe Rich has it. Um, he hasn't played as well with Odell Beckham. His quarterback rating is lower with Odell than without. His fantasy production is lower with Odell Beckham than without. I don't think he even had a 20-point fantasy game with Odell. But he might have had one. It might have been the Dallas game where he had a big game with Odell Beckham. But other than that, he was, he's was he been kind of quiet, and this is a team that definitely prefers to run the ball. I get why they want to run the football more. They've got a great offensive line. They've got great running backs. I think you can do better and aim higher than Baker Mayfield for fantasy production in one quarterback leagues. Totally different story in Superflex and 2QB. Yes, he's absolutely in that mix as your second QB. He's a good one there. But I'm, I'm having a hard time envisioning him breaking out and finishing as a top-12 quarterback. Yeah, Rich, I, I mean, Mayfield... 
he might be a better NFL player than fantasy player. We know he's not going to give you a lot with his legs. Gives you something, but not a lot. And then they were a they should have a really good defense this year, better than last year, and they ran the ball a ton last year. So I just don't see if he's going to have enough pass attempts. Is that is that what would concern you too? Yeah, I mean, think with Baker Mayfield is when you look at the course of his career so far, he's always been a guy you just want to pick your spots with. And the opening schedule is really good. I mean, they open at Kansas City, then they get Houston, then you get you get a, a weird matchup with the Bears and then the Vikings. But his early career bugaboo so far is how Baker handles pressure and non. And you look at last year when that that email suggested how he finished the season, look at the opponents he faced. I mean, he he outside of the Ravens, he beat up on a bunch of teams that couldn't rush the passer and largely where he would pop as a streaming option, right? Uh, and that's kind of where we are with him. He's a guy that you're always going to pick your spots with because he doesn't give you that safe floor with rushing like you alluded to and just doesn't give you a lot of high-volume passing games. So we kind of want to find those opponents that don't kind of really – pressure on the quarterback because that's where his biggest you know kind of bugaboo is last year uh 8.1 yards per attempt from a clean pocket four and a half yards per attempt under pressure that differential of 3.6 yards uh, was 37th in the nfl yeah. uh so we that's where that's where we kind of are with him he's in that same bucket of guys you lead to kirk cousins i think Tua. those are all guys that are going to flirt with qb1 numbers in a given week in the right matchup but over the course of a season they're just too many good quarterbacks that weekly are going to provide you a better floor so I think that 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 email is probably correct. Baker Mayfield probably will finish higher in fantasy scoring than probably where a lot of his rankings you see them are. But the quarter position is just so deep, and he's in that deep bucket of guys where we're just going to play him when the matchup says we should play him. Fair enough. All right, our next question is a player debate question from Kyle. Allen Robinson versus CeeDee Lamb. What is the biggest separator of the two, should we draft Robinson based on Fields taking over at some point? Should we take CeeDee Lamb thinking he will be Dallas's new number one wide receiver? This is a round three dilemma I have between these two players. Settle the debate. Rich, who do you like better, Allen Robinson or CeeDee Lamb? I, I like Allen Robinson just from a pure just target volume standpoint. I mean, this is this is a guy that is basically uh, what he's got 150 targets over each of his past four seasons played. Uh, we all like Ceedee Lamb. We love the upside, uh, but you know he still has to contend with you know a viable offense. This is a team that also, even under Mike McCarthy's first year, ran heavily in the red zone inside the 10 yard line. This is a team that has not been willing under Dak Prescott's whole regime to really air the ball out. They fall in love with running the ball near the paint. They did it last year, even with Mike McCarthy taking over from Jason Garrett. Uh, so is there going to be like a lot of high scoring touchdown upside for CeeDee Lamb? Uh, I don't have him much lower, but I mean, we're talking about a, a guy that's a pure number one in terms of target share versus a guy that's going to compete with targets in a better offense, which is, you know, he might have some higher efficiency, but I'm always going to chase the volume first. Uh, so I'll lean with Allen Robinson here. Just to play devil's advocate, I'll make the case for CeeDee Lamb. I've got Robinson ranked higher too, but I've been you know, fiddling with how I feel about CeeDee Lamb lately. And there's some things that stand out to me that I like. I love the efficiency, for example, with Dak Prescott last year, 15.3 yards per catch, 73% catch rate, 16 or more PPR points in three of five games, 10 plus PPR points in all five games. Uh, he, he did that on a 16.7% target share. I know that he's sharing with other people in that offense. I can't help but think that that target share can go up. And he's healthy right now, and I wonder if the Cowboys just kind of view him as the new playmaker and the guy and that that's who's been wearing 88 in that offense for years. And is it to the point now where the quarterbacks are just going to feel comfortable throwing to him 
throwing him just a catchable ball, even if he's tightly covered and expecting him to make a play with it? Could that lead to more red zone opportunities, more scoring opportunities like Rich alluded to? Could it lead to him taking over the mantle as the top target getter in the offense? It's exciting to think about. And I just feel like youth is served often enough over and over again in the NFL. He was a clean prospect coming out of Oklahoma. He showed how good he could be with Dak Prescott in their time together. I am, and Dak even said he's going to break out this year. So you can take it from his quarterback. As long as Dak's healthy and that offensive line's okay, I think there's a chance where CeeDee Lamb finishes as a top 12 quarter or top 12 wide receiver. It'd be amazing if he finishes top 12 quarterback, top 12 <laughs> wide receiver this year and the best wide receiver in Dallas. That being said, Robinson, safer case, can be made. Uh, Maybe Fields is the best quarterback he's ever worked with. But Lamb has moved ahead of Cooper for me in my rankings. I just felt like I was taking Cooper at a spot. His ADP just was too high to his ceiling. And I think Lamb has a higher ceiling, especially if Cooper's not going to be at 100% this year. All right, this one's from Matt. I did some research on my league history. I noticed that over the last seven seasons, the eventual champion had drafted one, one running back and one wide receiver with their first two picks, seven years in a row. Because I followed up. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yep, seven years in a row. Any thoughts on this? Should we simplify it and draft one running back and one wide receiver with our first two picks? Or do you like other strategies this year? Well, I mean, anchor running back has always been a, a, a viable strategy. If you look at best ball win rates uh, over the past, you know, several seasons, that's been the way to go. I mean, you, we've guys, got guys like Sean Siegel have gone and talked about zero RB and made that a popular choice. And we've seen on like a site like Underdog, uh, the wide receiver ADP just go bonkers like the past month. And there's a good reason for that because all the data supports that to not go running back heavy at the start of your drafts. The running back dead zone, which, uh, you know, an old friend of your guys show Ben Gretsch kind of coined you a couple mm-hmm. years ago. That's I mean, this is all stuff that's been brought to light down to the general public and it's starting to catch up and, and gain a lot of motion and a lot of traction. Now, I will say if you go back to the 2016 and 2017 seasons when we elevated all the wide receivers up into the first round, where it was basically half half running back, half wide receivers, we saw some more dead zone running backs hit and have some success because they were going kind of where they should go in constructive position where you're not having the, you know, the running back 15 now go in the second round. He's going in the fourth round and allows that player more runway to, to hit. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if we get that far down the road. I don't think we'll reach that kind of levels where it's just full on, uh, you know, wide receivers taking over the position like they did those two seasons. And we had the reversion and the influx of talent uh, kind of come and take the running back position back, taking up the, the lead position of the draft. But there is a good reason not to go a robust running back, and it's been highlighted in numerous articles that you can find out here. Yeah, and I do. And, I think it's very safe and and a good idea to go running back wide receiver. It's not the only thing you can do here. but you Go running back tight end, too. Yeah, well, if you draft Kelsey, that does throw a wrench in that, in that plan. <laughs> no, but, then you go tight end running back, and there's nothing wrong with that. I like getting at least... I, I've said it before. I, I, I don't mind the robust running back strategy this year because I think... The, the thinnest areas of a fantasy draft this year will be the elite tier tight ends and the top 15-ish running backs. And so for I like having good running backs on my team. I don't mind taking chances on them early on. Uh, I like to get two running backs with my first three picks. I will occasionally get running backs with each of my first three picks. It depends on value. And that's really where I want to land on this question is that you, you shouldn't be committed to specific positions when you're drafting you should be focused on what's fair value 
uh, given the players that you like. And if you end up passing on wide receiver in the first three rounds, I think you're still going to be happy with what's there in rounds four through seven. I think there's a lot of startable wide receivers this year, not necessarily guys who are going to be game breakers, but you know, maybe for every three that are in that 12 to 14 PPR point range, there will be one that blows up, gets into 15 plus, and another one that stinks and falls below 10 or gets hurt. Things happen. But I'm I'm of the belief that you can get by taking a couple running backs early on, taking the pressure off of trying to fill that position. It allows you to avoid the running back dead zone, which I think is like right around rounds five through seven. There's not a lot of guys there that I really like. Focus on wide receivers there. And I think your your structure for your lineups will be fine. You'll have a good lineup that you'll feel good about, and you'll be able to put together some nice depth along the way. All right, we're gonna do some news and notes here. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Rich this segment off, so you can just take a drink, whatever you need to do, refresh. Dave, we're gonna fly through these so we can get some more questions. What the hell? I can't refresh. I can't. Nope. You know. No, you're leaving us early, man. Like, I got a big old I got a big old jug of water right here. You have ten in ten minutes when you leave us, you can drink it. Uh, Dak Prescott has a strained shoulder. This is obviously big news. So you were just talking about C.D. Lamb making the case for him. Are you at the point where you're downgrading anyone in the in the uh, Dallas passing game? And also, Ty, uh, their left tackle Tyron Smith has elbow tendonitis as he will try to play seven, uh, a full season for the first time in six years. Right now. Oh, Dave left. Oh, sorry, Rich. You uh, do not get the time off here. It looks like we're calling <laughs> we're calling you in. Dave had an internet issue. We'll get him back. All right, so are you no, well, da- downgrading anybody in the uh, Dallas passing game as of right now? Not yet. I saw a, a lot of the reports from the, the medical people that I follow on Twitter uh, that said that as of right now, this is just a couple-week injury. So if you have a couple-week injury, uh, this is the time to have it. But, you know, something to monitor, just like Amari's foot. You know, want, you would want to monitor these things through – uh, the end of camp. And honestly, the, the top five quarterbacks or top six quarterbacks are so tight. If you wanted to shuffle any of those guys up based on just anything minor, I think that that's fine too. I think those guys are all really tightly packed. Who's six for you, Wilson? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Will Fuller left practice with an injury. I'm sure we're shocked. JJ Watt is on the pup list with a sore hamstring. Ryan, okay, Ron Rivera said that Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke are competing for the starting job. I, do you believe that? No, I don't believe that. Uh, but I mean, it's it's fine for him to say that right now. Uh, I would say though, if you're in two QB or superflex leagues, like Heineke's not a bad dude to throw at the end of your bench. I mean, it's not like Brian Fitzpatrick is not capable of self sabotage here. Uh, so, and we've seen Heineke kind of he offers a little bit with his legs as well. So, I mean, he's not a bad guy to not forget about in those types of formats. Justin Jackson for the Chargers. He is off the reserve COVID list, so we uh, he definitely needs a big camp. Kenyon Drake is on the non-football injury list. They have a lot of injuries at running back right now. Josh Jacobs, though, is healthy. And Giants left guard Shane Lemieux, second-year player. He was carted off the field on Thursday with an elbow injury. And, uh, that you know, they're hoping for Lemieux and some other young players to take a step forward and, uh, and you know, solidify their offensive line. I'm a little distracted. I'm trying to get Dave back on. Looks like he is setting up, almost ready to bring him back on. We'll get to our Apple podcast questions. Please continue to leave your five-star reviews. It would help not only if you left a question, but also a, a nice comment. That would be good. Dave, you're back. My computer went all Dak Prescott's shoulder on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't take you two weeks to come back, so we're relieved. All right. Well, hopefully Dak makes this quick of a recovery as well. A <laughs> lot of keeper questions here. So we so many Apple podcast questions, and we thank you. The only way for us to get through them all is to go pretty quickly, I think. So let's try it. Derek G201, 
I have the third pick in a 12-team PPR keeper league. Three receivers. Who would you take at number three? Am I crazy for considering Ezekiel Elliott over Alvin Kamara? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I have Zeke three. I mean, look at just what went wrong for Zeke last year. He had COVID. He had a calf injury. Tyron Smith, Lael Collins, and Zach Martin combined to miss 36 games. Dak Prescott misses 11 games. He had six touchdowns and 22 PPR points per game when Dak Prescott was healthy uh, and then had 11.2 PPR points per game. Uh, and two touchdowns the rest of the way out. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of regression in, to come into into play for Zeke in terms of scoring near the goal line. I think the offense, you just obviously were buying in the offense. And out of every one of the running backs, they've all got questions, I think, after Christian McCaffrey. So, I mean, I'm not, I won't push back if anyone disagrees to a great deal, but uh, I do have Zeke as my RB3. He's been top six among fantasy running backs in, uh, I think it's fantasy points per game for the past five seasons. Well, so, if you if you only count the Dak games, then it's I'm pretty sure every year of his career. Sure, right. Um, he, he before last year he was as consistent as you could ask for among fantasy running backs. He would deliver big time, especially in non PPR formats. But if it's PPR, I, I mean, I just I know what Alvin Kamara is capable of. I know what this offense might look like now, especially with Michael Thomas not being there. Could see Kamara being leaned on a lot, and if you get a point for each catch, I think that matters. So right. I would take Kamara. Who should I keep? Kelsey in the second, Ridley in the third, or McLaurin in the fourth? PPR. I don't think any of the values on Ridley or McLaurin are so good that it's worth passing up Kelsey in round two. Yep, I agree with that. All right, this is from Adam Azer's favorite new Twitter friend. Okay, Adam Wadham is his... (laughs) Is this uh, <laughs> alias on Apple Podcasts? I have the sixth pick in a 12-team Superflex PPR Dynasty startup. I am considering trading back to stockpile, stockpile more picks. Someone's willing to swap my 106 for their 112 and 401. So six picks yes. in the first round and get the first pick of round four. This is not a rookie draft. This is a startup Dynasty draft. Would you do that? Yep. Easily. All right, do it. Make you're it getting happen. in. You're getting what the 49th pick just to move back six spots. No, you're getting the 37th pick. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Oh, First yeah. pick in round right. four. 37. Yeah. I was going around <laughs> yeah. too late. Even better. Bad. Yeah, even better. <laughs> even <Yeah>. better. <laughs> uh, all right, from Cal. Help me with my keepers. Cal is from the hometown of Brad Pitt. Does anyone know Dave? You know where that is? Geography man. No, but we'll say it's Oklahoma City. No, it's, it's probably <laughs> Pittsburgh, right? And that how we got the name Pittsburgh from Brad Pitt. Googling now, Brad Pitt from, oh, Shawnee, Oklahoma. I wasn't that far away. Okay. <laughs> I can yeah, keep, wow. <laughs> I can keep two players. One of them will be Alvin Kamara. Should I feel? <laughs> should I be more impressed? I probably guess I should. Yeah. <laughs> throw throw another guy at me. Let's see if I can guess where their hometown is. All right. All right this must be my new thing. All right, hold on. <laughs> Let's answer this first, and then we'll try. Um, We're workshopping bits here. So Cal, Cal is keeping Kamara. Should his other keeper be CeeDee Lamb in the 8th or J.K. Dobbins in the 10th in half PPR? Ooh. Dobbins. Dobbins. See, this is like Dobbins goes yeah. before Lamb in half PPR, and you're getting two-round value. Dobbins. And it sounds like you can keep him for a long time. Is that the case, or is it only strictly a one-year thing? There was no way he took Dobbins in round 10 last year. Is it? I is there? Well, he didn't take Dobbins in round 10 two years ago. <laughs> tell you that uh, much. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> All right, so maybe he did take Dobbins in round ten. I, I think Dobbins is the right answer. 
Okay. All right, Dave. Uh, where is Tom Hanks from? I feel like he's from California originally. We'll go with Fresno. All right, you look it up. Uh, this is from JT. I do all the work for this game. JTX444. <laughs> so, all right, listen, we're not getting into whether or not people should take the vaccine, but we are getting into a fantasy question here, and it is, I think, an important one. Do you think players who refuse the vaccine will have any effect on their draft position or performance? Forget about performance. Do you think... Rich, I'll give this to you, this loaded gun. Uh, <laughs> do you think people will not draft a player if they know he's not vaccinated? I mean, they might. People find all kinds of weird, goofy reasons to not draft players anyways. I mean, the, so I could definitely believe that some people would buy this. Remember, a lot of people thought we brought up was Zeke last year. People thought it was a pro that he had already had COVID coming into the season. Right. Remember, people were trying to make that argument. Uh this is just a, a bridge that I'm not going to give like really any thought to when I'm like in, in drafts, to be honest. Uh, right. It's, it, I mean, it's just too much, too much minutiae to get through. But it's important to note that if a, <laughs> if a vaccinated player tests positive for COVID, he could be back much sooner than a non, than an unvaccinated player. So that's why I think people, because it's, you know, you're probably going to miss two games if you're not vaccinated. I think you have to be I out think- at least 10 days. I think if there was a team out there that was like 20% vaccinated, I might, stay away from that team but there isn't everybody's at least at like 50 percent. some are at like 95 percent. and how are we gonna know like who there is a right, team gonna officially thing. list this is a team's gonna no team's gonna put out a list of unvaccinated vaccinated players i mean you cole know. beasley's told us but right. that's about all you know <laughs> right you may know just from the player saying it but that's it right like ryan Tannehill <laughs> said that he recently received a second dose camaro recently said that he's been vaccinated um, that, you could go and search and go player by player if you really wanted to see who's vaccinated and who's not. A lot of that information is out there, but it sounds like it's a big waste of time. Okay. By the way, Tom Hanks Speaking from of waste California. Of time, where's he from? Concord, California. So <laughs> okay. a suburb of Oakland. A little right. far from Fresno. Big timer 2187, dynasty rookie only draft help. 2QB, 10-team PPR, 2-flex dynasty league. I already have Kyler Murray... Nick Chubb, Metcalf, and A.J. Brown. That's a good start. That's awesome. Kyler Chubb, Metcalf, and A.J. Brown. My depth isn't that great. Should I trade either A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf to get more depth or just go with it? Like His RB2 is Gaskin, and he has Mostert. After A.J. Brown and Metcalf, he has Beckham, Galladay, and then kind of junk. He has Ertz. He has bad tight ends. So I don't think he can, I don't think he can win with his teams, with his team. He's got four good players, basically. And then maybe Gaskin and Galladay. Beckham and Galladay. Yeah. I think I, I think I would explore a trade. But if you're gonna give yeah, up, he should always he should always be exploring trades anyways. But I mean when you have like high caliber players like that, it all you, you know, we hate to use the cop out, but it all just depends on what someone's willing to give you for them. Uh so and what the- what you can kind of do to worry work your team. But you have assets on that team to kind of get multiple players in return. Yeah. So let's say you were gonna trade Metcalf or Brown. You need at least two players back. What is the you know the lowest caliber player that you're okay, in other words, the best mm. player that you're getting back has to be at, at least, you know, who? Like Tyler Lockett I would imagine that if I'm trading one of those receivers, it's to a team that needs one badly and is well stocked at running back. So I would get a good running back in return. Give me what does that mean? Give me a name or a round. Maybe it's Maybe it's Dobbins, but probably on the Dobbins level or maybe a little bit lower than that. Maybe you get Miles Sanders at this point, but you get a wide receiver as well, like a decent 
starting receiver to go with it. It's a two for one type of a deal. But this team for a 10 team league, I, I don't think it's going to be the best team in the league, but I think it'll be competitive. He's got Brady to go with Kyler Murray. The receiving depth is fine. He just needs to find a running back two each week from Gaskin, Mostert, Singletary. That's, I mean, it's you just got to pick one of those guys each week. Yeah, and well, hope tight Nick ends, Chubb stays healthy. Tight end's going to be bad, but he can stay. Yeah, his tight ends suck. All right. Yeah, it's not that bad, I, I guess. Um, you need everything to go right, but okay. He's got urgency about a tight end. He's, he's on a prayer each week at that position. This is from Blakester. The Blakester. I'm in a dynasty startup, one quarterback league. Am I wrong to go with Jonathan Taylor, number two overall? So dynasty startup, one QB league. Assuming McCaffrey's gone, do you think Jonathan Taylor should be the second pick, Rich? That's where I've got him. Him or Saquon it would be the two choices I would go with uh, for that uh, that immediate turn. Okay. Let's go to our next one then from Joe in Cleveland. Uh, I took over a not-so-good orphan team in a deep 14-team PPR super flex tight end premium league. Okay. Nice. I need help at every position. <laughs> I'm thinking about dealing Travis Kelsey. What would be a good haul from him in a 14-team PPR super flex tight end premium league? Yeah, I mean, he's got to trade him. I mean, this is if you're if you're dead in the water with Kelsey going into age thirty two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's there's no there, you've got to move him now. Like it's it's immediate. But you've got to create, um, you know, a bidding war. You've got to find two or three teams in your league that really want him bad, and they're going to start bidding against each other, so you get the absolute maximum. I would try and get three starters, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a tight end and a running back and a wide receiver. I, I think if you're just if your team stinks, you just need three guys that you know that you can start each week who are going to be good. It would be great if one of them was close to the same level, you know, like maybe a round three or at worst a round four pick in a redraft league. Um, but you need three good starters if you're going to give up Kelsey, even though he's one of the elder statesmen in the league. Do you need to leave, Dave? I got a few more minutes. All right, good. Uh, from Grant from the two one five, Dave, where's the two one five? Two one five. Jeez, I usually know these. I think it's Indiana. Uh, it's Indiana. I think it's Virginia. No, I think it's probably Indiana. Check it out. Two one five area code is Philadelphia. Oh, <laughs> that is right. Virginia, yes. Philadelphia, same thing. Indiana. He well, he gave us a greeting with Indiana <laughs> running back, so he's an Indiana Hoosier. Okay. Uh, Keeper league with no round limitations, 10-team, full PPR. I'm taking over another guy's team who dropped out because his team sucks. I have to keep DK Metcalf and Josh Jacobs. They're the only solid players. Okay, so I have the first pick. Here are some of the names available. Eckler, Diggs, Chubb, Aaron Jones. Who would you go with? This is full PPR. Eckler, Diggs, Chubb, Aaron Jones. I'll go with Aaron Jones. I think that he's got a chance to see an uptick in targets with Jamal Williams not there. And we've already seen him finish top five in PPR each of the past two seasons on a per-game basis. Aaron Jones, I'd take Jones too. Rich, sweep? Yep, I'll back Aaron Jones as well. All right, this is from Mike. 10-team half PPR league. I'm keeping Tyreek Hill. Pick one more. Eckler, Gibson, or Kittle? uh, It's Eckler. Yeah, I'm keeping Eckler too. From Jay Lee. Love the tier discussion. I'm still trying to put my strategy together for a 12-team PPR league with a maximum of two keepers uh, that plays into the playoffs without drafting in the playoffs. 
I need to figure out where to draft. I get the first choice. And if I want to keep Hopkins or Clyde Edwards either or blow it up and start over. So for the keeper question, I would say that if it's you can keep one of them and not have to worry about um, losing a draft pick or anything like that. I I think Hopkins, if it's just for one year, is the better way to go. But CEH, if you can have a long-term view where you might keep him two, three, four years, I think that's the guy to keep. It just depends on what the rules are for your keepers. Yeah, he's not talking about keeping one of those guys at the first pick, right? Yeah, I don't think that's what he's saying. Because if <laughs> okay. that's the case, then I don't I don't know if I'm ready to do that, even if everybody else is keeping one player. As for where to pick in a 12-team league, uh, I'm looking at one of the first four picks. And again, this is this is coming from a guy that loves drafting running backs right, early. You have to know the well, keepers. especially in a keeper league. I right? Just, yeah, I, it's well, hard that's to a know good point. Like I'm not sure. So who from? It's I guess you're right. It's possible that McCaffrey and Kamara and Cook, not necessarily in this order, Kamara, uh, Cook, McCaffrey, and Derrick Henry are all kept. Mm-hmm. And if they're all kept, then picking fourth might be more like picking ninth, tenth. All right, but listen, other guys it, if too. McCaffrey is available, I don't care. You're going to take him in one. I'm going to pick yeah, one. Absolutely. I'm yeah. picking first. <laughs> but do you know that before you put in your claim for where you want to pick? No. So I'm probably just going to pick first anyway. Logic. Yeah. Nicely done. <laughs> you know, I have the fourth pick. Let me tell you, my uh, my dynasty league, our free agent draft is not terrible. We do have to give back a certain amount of players. I have the fourth pick. So it's a keeper pick. league, not a dynasty league. No, it's a dynasty league. What'd you say? Yeah, FFPC FFPC runs their dynasty leagues. You have to cut down to 16 per year, which is kind of like a meet in the middle, but it does make the rookie drafts a little more interesting, like which I'm guess Adam's gonna head towards. Uh I already did the rookie draft. I took ETN with the fourth pick, but gosh, who is available? Oh, I never how the hell does my fantasy league work? Like I just well, <laughs> it's impossible. Stop right there. Let's just answer another question. No, okay, the, 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 here are the best four players available. Devontae Adams, George Kittle, Robert Woods, and then probably Mike Davis. Like, I always get the pick right when there's, a, there's like a nosedive. With these. Uh, it sounds like there's a nosedive after one. Uh, Kittle? I'd be pretty thrilled to get Kittle. Sure. Even but... Robert Woods? I mean, that's a great pick. I'd probably going to end up with Mike Davis. But if I could, Great. I would just take the first pick. That's my point. Take the first pick. because uh, after Mike Ke- Davis, first round pick. Okay, the next best player is Brandon Cooks. And then Tyler Mike Boyd. Davis, first round pick. Yeah, there you go. We have like eight rookie rounds, too. You don't even know who gets drafted by the end. Jeez. All right, uh, let's see. From Grade the Trade from Sam. And I sent this on the 26th, so I think this was after the Michael Thomas injury. I send Michael Thomas. I get Mark Andrews and a first-round pick in 2024. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about Michael Thomas long-term. So I don't mind if you're going to hop off the MT bandwagon and uh, get a first and a good player that you can use now for him. For 2024, yeah, I'm, I'm, though. It is way out. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, you. I think if you have Michael Thomas right now in Dynasty, if you, if you can get a future first, that's fine. But uh, you you almost have to hold right now and let him recoup some of the, the value that he's lost the past year and a half. If he can, though, but he might not. That's the thing. He's another right. guy going to be 29 years old. Uh, you know, we don't know whether the, this quarterback change is going to injure him at all. It hasn't in the past in small samples in each season. But it still could. He's he's only in twelve games that Drew Brees has been out. He's only scored three touchdowns. 
So, you know, not a lot of big time. He's a guy that never had double-digit touchdowns even when Breeze played. So the upside of him being the absolute wide receiver one overall again probably are the lowest they've ever been. By the way, my fantasy league is great. You can do a lot of things on my fantasy league that you can't do on other sites. You just have to go to the four owners tab. You can basically find what you need on the four owners tab. But for me, it took me a while to find it because I'm dumb. So here's Brian. <laughs> Auction keeper with a $225 budget. Okay. Uh, who are you keeping here? I don't know how many. So just pick one, I guess. McLaurin for, thir- for 33. Uh, Chubb for 54. Woods for 38. And this is PPR. Well, it's easy for me. It's McLaurin. Yeah, I think McLaurin is probably the best bang for the buck. But if you could keep him and Chubb, because he says, for reference, Christian McCaffrey went for 106, and the top receivers went for 76. I think if you can keep McLaurin and Chubb, that's probably worth doing. All right, this one's from Harold. Uh, In my keeper league, I have the 8th and the 13th pick. I'm keeping A.J. Brown and Kamara and Herbert. Hmm. So should I go with Kelsey or Diggs at 8? And hope for a running back at 13. All the top running backs are gone or kept. Or go with Najee Harris or Aaron Jones. We'd tell you Aaron Jones at 8. Yes. So he, mm-hmm. so Kelsey or Aaron Jones or Diggs? Who would you go with? Jones. Jones? Okay. From that guy over there. Uh, Gray the Trade. PPR Dynasty. Give Chubb and Mo Alley Cox... Get Robert Woods and Nicole Hardman. Oh, no. Yeah. You're not getting enough for Chubb. <laughs> T minus. It, it wasn't a grade. It was just a no. Yeah, it's a no. Uh, from K Money 30. I'm in a 10 team half PPR two keeper league with two flex. I'm keeping McCaffrey and either Waller in the fifth or San- Miles Sanders in the seventh. 10 team league. I was offered. Oh, before you answer. Before you answer, yeah, I was offered the a third (laughs) round pick. Where he's going? (laughs) I was offered a third round pick and a fifth round pick for my second round pick. I was offered twenty ninth and forty ninth overall for the fifteenth pick. Should I take it? I would need to see the player pool to to give you like a for sure answer. I would say in a keeper league that probably I would want the fifteenth best player remaining. All right. It sounds like everybody's keeping two players, including uh, uh, K Money keeping McCaffrey and Waller. Waller would be my pick over Miles Sanders. Oh, yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, moving back 14 spots and picking up the 49th overall pick, I think if everybody's keeping one player or no players, it's a no-brainer. You could still get away with it if you want to compile picks. But... I don't know that fifteenth pick. If, if there's thirty players already missing off the board, it's not really the fifteenth pick. It's more like the forty-fifth pick. So I, I think I'd like to have that choice. Maybe that maybe he needs to either improve on that uh, fifth round pick. Maybe he needs to make it like a third and a fourth for you to consider giving up on fifteenth overall. Right, yeah, maybe I'm, you I'm can trade in draft too to help. You know, you can see who's on the board and then move back. But yeah, it, without knowing the board, it's it's tough to say because typically in auctions. You don't want to be the team in the auction that's stacking a bunch of fifth through eighth round regular picks. You want to be that team that's like, oh, I'm getting value in all these guys. And then you look at your team and it's just filled with guys that went like rounds five through nine and you're like regular snake draft and you've got no upside. You don't want to be that guy either. 
I'm going to skip over to our emails here and then finish with the rest of the Apple podcast questions, which are most, mostly keeper questions. Email address is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, we'll read your emails and finish Apple podcast questions, and we'll see if Dave Richard is joining us for that. We will be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are back. Dave, you're still here. Give me five more minutes. Five more I'm minutes. Fun. All right. Okay, from, from Mason. I know you guys are lower on Kyle Pitts in redraft, which I am too, but how high would you take Kyle Pitts in a startup dynasty tight end premium league? No later than third overall. And if it's real tight end premium, I think you can make the case to take him first overall. Wait, but it's not just rookies, though. Oh, I see. Sorry. So it's not just a rookie only. Correct. Yeah, thank you for catching up. that. Oh, yeah, I'd still take him pretty early. I'd still probably start considering him in round three, maybe toward the end of round three. Tight end premium. I sure as hell would take him ahead of Hawkinson and and Andrews, and I think you've got to think about taking him ahead of Kittle in that format too. I don't think he's making it to round three. You think he goes before then? In a dynasty startup tight end premium league, I do. Okay. I, I yeah, I've I haven't met fourteenth overall in that in that format. So how do you okay. have rankings for yeah. that format? Good for you. Uh, <laughs> Daniel, I do have. Listen, hey, pre plug, sharp up analysis. I have tight end premium dynasty ranks up. Great, excellent, excellent. Yes, go ahead. That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, here's Daniel's question: Four point per passing touchdown league, uh, Gibson in round nine or Lamar Jackson in round seven? Oh, oh Gibson. Yeah, I mean, I, I always hate to throw Lamar back because he's got so much potential, but Gibson is someone we're drafting ahead of Lamar anyway and redraft, and you're getting a better value on him. Here's a question from Shiv. Dear Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Keith, love it. I have the 11th position out of 12 and half PPR. With the scarcity of running backs, do I have a chance? Yeah, you have a chance. Of course you have a chance. You're in a good spot there. But (laughs) what should he do? Should he take two stud wide receivers or Kelsey if he's there? Yes, Kelsey if he's there, I think. Well, actually, I don't know. It depends on what type of running backs are there, too. But Kelsey is absolutely in play if he's still there. I just don't know how good of a chance there is that he's there. I could very easily see him going anywhere between fifth and ninth in pretty much every league this year. Rich. So if he's there, it sounds like a great value. And then I think you just take the best available running back coming back in round two. Rich, if in a half PPR league, if I have the 11th pick out of 12, I couldn't really see myself not taking a running back with one of those two picks. I suppose if I could get Kelsey and like Tyreek Hill, 
then that's a different story. Mm, Chief stack. I'm assuming it can't get Devontae Adams. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, but what about you? Do you feel like you have to come away with a running back there? Yeah, I think it just depends on where it clears out and where they go to start. I mean, you obviously don't want to just be forced to reach too far in the bag, you know, and, you know, if it's, if Najee Harris ends up being the best running back, I think there's a lot more risk involved, but, you know, definitely if there's a guy like Mixon there still, I would mix him in with Kelsey or a wide receiver. If you, I would definitely still lean towards one of those elite wide receivers if it clears out though. And we're in like tier two of the running backs uh, because that's typically when you start to get in trouble. So you'd those mi- guys really busting. You'd mix in Mixon there. Yeah, I think he's in play in that in that group. Oh come on! I just made like a brilliant. I, I laugh. Oh, wow. Yeah, mixing, mixing. Like, but I like that Rich is <laughs> honestly answering the question, and that he put mixing in that group. There, I don't there's care definitely going to be a lot of people who are gun shy to take mixing this year. Oh yeah, either because he's a Bengal or they've had mixing in the past and he's, they've burned. Oh them. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. He's a guy a in home leagues. Are... I think that will go lower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is TC, twelve team, sixteen player keeper league. PPR, three receivers, and a super flex. Uh, it looks, yeah, super flex. Okay. Who should I target at number four in the rookie draft? Trevor Lawrence is going one overall. So, I mean, I think it's a super flex. One tight end flex. Oh, no, I'm sorry. One quarterback league. So, Lawrence is going one overall in this one quarterback league. Right, so who oh, are your next three players? Good for everyone else. Yeah, yeah that's that's a win for you. <laughs> Rich, that you means you're to... guaranteed one of Harris Chaser Pitts right. at fourth yeah. overall. Dude, yeah. you should you should send that guy in first. Like, give him give him a six pack of beer. Maybe let him <laughs> just give him your last round rookie pick just because you like him. He's doing you a solid by taking Lawrence at one hundred and one. Rich, how do you rank the next the first three? I guess in Dynasty. Yeah, I, I have him uh, at Harris, Chase, and Pitts, so no problem. Then if you're in tight end premium, uh, you know, you swing, oscillates back towards Pitts having a lot more value. Uh, but those are the top three guys for me, basically, and then, you know, ETN afterwards. The rest of the Apple podcast questions from Finkel is Einhorn. Dave, you staying? Uh, I'll, I'll answer Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> Ten-team half PPR keeper league. And you can keep three players for three years in dra- if drafted in round seven or later or picked up on waivers throughout the year. Okay. So he's keeping Gibson, A.J. Brown, and Metcalf. How should I approach my first four picks keeping Gibson, Brown, and Metcalf? You should wear a crown on your head and play loud music and dance because you're like a cinch to make the playoffs already with those three on your team. And now you get to add some good players on top of it. He's that's a nice job drafting. Um, maybe a slight lean toward running back and a slight lean away toward elite caliber wide receivers. But man, when, when you're starting like that, you're probably looking at uh, just getting more studs to go with that team. And you're going to need another running back, obviously, but when you've got two of the top eight wide receivers already locked onto your squad, You've got to feel like a champ. Okay, next is from Swagasaurus. Dave, I know you want to stick around and answer Swagasaurus. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. I, Ten I mean, I think of myself as a Swagasaurus, <laughs> so I'm happy to help a fellow Swagasaurus. This is from Dave. All right, 10-team, 1QB, half PPR, Keeper League. I can keep three players. I've got Kyler in the fifth, David Montgomery in the seventh, A.J. Brown in the sixth, Irv Smith in the 
Lavisca Chenault, and, and but they're in the 16th round, and Raheem Mostert in the eighth. Uh, this is actually from Dean, by the way. But Rich, who are your keepers? How can you be here? a swagosaurus if your name is Dean? <laughs> what? That's so mean. Is it? Was it a one quarterback league? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten teams, and, one QB, half PPR. And he can only keep one of them. No, he, he can, can keep, keep three. three. It's the first three for me. Yeah, absolutely. Then, yeah. Although, no, like, I, I, I'm a little tempted to play with fire and throw Kyler Murray back because it's a it's a fifth round, so that's kind of like fair value. But but if do, they're keeping do, three guys again, it's the same. Yeah, <laughs> true. But I, I don't know. Right. Like, you could get Visca for a 16th round pick, and that that's pretty juicy. That's got a chance to be really, really good. All right, Dave, get the hell out of here. Later. <laughs> All right, Jake, uh, questions left. Plebiscite Adam. <laughs> Later, Lord Reeves. I bow down to thee. Very good. Very good. Dave is out of here. We're looking at his empty chair. There he is. He's gone. Okay. Geez, he sucks, doesn't he, Rich? <sighs> I didn't want to say anything for the first 45 minutes, but. Uh... Great last name, though. Yeah, he does. All right. All right. Uh, from... <laughs> I love Dave. From Keaton Seacrest93. <laughs> I'm going to start up Dynasty League. I was able to snag Daryl Henderson in the 15th round. So that was obviously before the injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, should I keep or trade Henderson? Basically, what do you think his Henderson's dynasty value is? Oh, it's basically, yeah, probably pretty short-lived. So, I mean, this is the time. You're going to have no better window to sell high on him. Uh, you don't have to, though. I mean, like, so you do, anytime you're in a situation like this, obviously the, the dynasty community always runs. It's like you have to sell as at the highest point, but I mean, you still want to make sure you're getting fair returns, though. Yeah, and he could be good for you this year. You have Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Dobbins, Carson, and Mike Davis. I do not think you need Daryl Henderson, so I think you trade him. And you have Michael Carter, too. Yeah, Mike Davis, too. Get him out there to someone. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Sloppy Dracula says he's here for Dave's food takes. Well, unfortunately, Sloppy Dracula. Ah, we missed it. Dave, we'll get Rich's food takes. PPR Auction Keeper League. Jonathan Taylor for 43 Pick two, by the way. Uh, this is a $200 budget. Taylor for 43 Swift for 15 Gibson for 12 Higgins for 22 or Daniel Jones for 200. Uh, we get a lot of fake Daniel Jones questions because I'm a Giants fan. So I would not use your entire budget on Daniel Jones. So pick two, Taylor for 43, Swift for 15, Gibson for 12, Higgins for 22. I I would probably lean towards keeping the two cheap running backs, Swift and Gibson, but I wouldn't have any problem taking Taylor because he's still fairly priced in that uh, to take him with Gibson. But Gibson's a lock for me. And then if you just want to save money or not, uh, based on Taylor or uh, Swift. I had Taylor Swift, yeah. I had been noticing, Rich, that a lot of people use the word agnostic now. I'm injury agnostic, like talent agnostic, all that. So (laughs) this this is from uh, History Nick, whose the subject was agnostic, and then his comment was, I'm agnostic about this fantasy show, agnostic. He doesn't hate it, so... That's good, yeah. I'll take agnostic. That's fine. We are the most of a negative review. <laughs> and we have five stars for that review. So, you know, I'll take it. From Wake Up 23, Mock Mock, who's there? Nobody, because I can't keep any of these guys when I'm done. That was a dad joke from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he says, I'm tired of mocking, but here's how it's been shaking out a lot. Picking eighth in my first live draft, I can't wait. 10-team PPR snake draft. 
I've been passing on running back and taking Adams with my first pick, and Diggs is there mostly with my second pick. I almost always get Carson and Gaskin with my third and fourth round picks, followed by Josh Allen or Kyler Murray in the fifth round and the best available tight end in the sixth. Uh, we'll just start there. It's three. Res- it's a three-receiver league. Am I jumping too early for quarterback? Uh, yes. What? You, yes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, even quarterback and tight end in that format because he didn't say there's a flex, right? It's just we just know it's three wide receivers. Yeah, I don't know if there's a flex. But having three wide receivers already means you need more than three good elite wide receivers. I know uh, the, the position is deep, but you that's the format where you want to go wide receiver heavy. When you have to start three and then you start adding flexes. That's the one where it leans like if you can get Adams and like Tyreek or Diggs. So he said Diggs, uh, especially in full PPR. Uh, those would be a great start. And then you can just kind of cobble your running backs as you go and collect them but i mean if you go that route i would not lean into the onesie positions as early as that especially tight end in round six that seems like it's forcing it a bad player to me i mean once we kind of clear hawkinson and full ppr uh we're kind of in no man's land where i'm just gonna wait but i think this is a 10 team league so i think oh true he might be able to get andrews hawkinson or pitts but if if the top six tight ends are off the board absolutely do not take a tight end in round six don't force it uh I wonder if you can't do better than Carson at 28th overall and certainly Gaskin at, what, 30, 33rd, 33rd overall, I think, um, in the fourth yeah. round. So the Gaskin pick is the one that I don't really like. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and Gaskin's just the starting running back, and he's awesome. But I think in your 10-team league, he should be a, he should be available to you in the fourth round. I, I personally wouldn't take him. If you took another, If you took another wide receiver there, you know, like a, like a CD Lamb, or yeah, you know, I think that'd be a better pick. You agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Rich. Thank you so much, man. It's great to have you on. <laughs> yeah, man, my pleasure. Uh, Pocket Aces. Um, we're we're longtime friends now. Remember that? <laughs> I love it. Uh, it was great though that you guys had me on and uh, fire these up. Uh, you have. I mean, first of all, were you reading or like did you just memorize all that stuff? What stuff? You know, like Ezekiel Elliott averaged this many points, and Michael Thomas oh, had this no, many yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is all stuff I've done. But I'm, this is, I don't know, hundreds of podcasts already this offseason. So most right. of it is is mostly recollection and having to do work. But uh, if I do need to pull up a little nugget, I can pull it up pretty quickly. I think the stuff you said about Kelsey and the Chiefs facing the fewest or the most uh, two high safeties, that was super interesting. So for more of those things and for dynasty tight end premium rankings... <laughs> sharpfootballanalysis.com and follow Rich on Twitter at Lord Reebs, R-E-E-B-S. You, you know, look, he has no respect for his own last name if he won't even include the H in his Twitter handle. But that's that's, that's Rich's right. problem. <laughs> we won't judge. Have a great re- weekend, Rich. Have a great weekend, everybody out there. Thanks to Dave for hopping on as well. This has been Fantasy Football Today, and we will talk to you on Monday. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!